Welcome back to Travels with Alicia. I've spent the last three weeks in Japan with my daughter for her 25th birthday. It was an amazing trip. We stayed in Tokyo, Osaka, Kyoto, and Kobe. We visited so many places on day trips, and we even did activities such as pottery, fabric dyeing, and we went on an e-bike tour. We will remember this trip forever. I'm going to cover many of the places that we visited in separate episodes, but I first wanted to share with you our expectations of what we thought Japan was going to be like and how it aligned or didn't align with reality. This could help you if you're planning to visit Japan, and it might be quite amusing because we actually thought we did our research and knew what to expect, but Japan did surprise us in so many ways. So in this episode, let me introduce you to my daughter, Athena. And for those of you who have listened to other podcasts, she is one of my favorite travel partners. She's 25 years old and currently lives in Washington, D.C. Athena, why don't you say hi? Hi, thank you for having me on your podcast. And thank you for taking me on this super cool trip. Wouldn't have been the same without you. So let's get started. We knew Japan had four seasons And we thought the weather was going to be very similar to Washington, D.C. What did you think it was like? It was definitely very, very hot. Although the weather and the temperature was very similar to Washington, D.C., where I'm living, I'm not outside all day um, touring and walking around. So I thought I would do a lot better in the heat. But once you're out there, um, I definitely struggled. I think it was because of the humidity. Um, Although the temperature was about mid-90s, because of the humidity, it felt closer to 105, 108 some days. Honestly, I agree with you. When people say the weather is similar to Washington, D.C., I really thought it was so much hotter. So I agree with you. And we really needed to take breaks. We couldn't get through a whole day. We would come back and recover after visiting like a site, we'd come back and need the air condition, another shower. Um, so I think it was good that we were there for such a long time because of the weather. I don't think we could do sightseeing all day. And like you mentioned, it was really nice because everywhere had air conditioning. I think every restaurant we went to had air conditioning, um, the stores, the hotels. So that was very nice that yeah. they had that. Not all places do. So I think that, you know, I think we knew it was going to be hot, but I think reality was a little bit shocking. I don't think I expected that much. So the next thing we'll talk about is what was our impression of each of the cities that we visited and then what were they really like? So the first city I'll mention is Tokyo, and we thought it was just going to be this very large modern city. What did you think, Athena? So I also expected Tokyo to be a very futuristic feel, very modern with like brand new high rises. Um, But once I got off the plane, I definitely um, felt maybe a little disappointed because it's not exactly what I expected. Um, It's a bit older. Um, It's still very beautiful, but just not what you think of when you think of a modern city. Um, However, there were different aspects of it that I felt were more modern than a lot of cities in the U.S. So, for example, um, the toilets are all Toto toilets, even at, you know, small restaurants or local places, um, public transportation, like in the train stations and stuff. So I thought that was funny. And also um, the way 
the food services and how you pay and how they had, uh, you know, like robot waitresses and vending machines where you just put your money into um, and food come out. So I thought that that aspect was a little bit more modern than I anticipated. So that that's an interesting um, perspective. I, and I agree with you. I think I expected more sky rises and I have found out that only one section of Tokyo does have those um, very tall buildings. And that's because of the, the earthquake. Uh, it's very earthquake prone. And so in only one small area of the city is the ground hard enough that they can actually build skyscrapers. Hmm. So that's part of why it didn't have maybe the look that we thought. But you were right that certain sections of Tokyo did not look very new or modern. Um, but then, as you commented, there's that futuristic aspect of just using technology and um, key, like vending machines and things like that. So the next city we went to is Osaka. And Osaka, the impression was that this is the food capital of Japan. And that that's, this is where you're going to find the best food. What did you think and what was reality? So initially when we got to Osaka and we went out looking for the different types of food and vendors, we both noticed that it felt kind of carnival-y or similar to a boardwalk in the U.S. So that wasn't um, our favorite type of vibe, um, but it was nice that there was a lot of different options to choose from. So for me, I, I agree with you, Athena. Um, of, of the four places we went, this probably was my least favorite, even though I really enjoyed it. Um, and I actually enjoyed, and I think you did as well, some of the day trips we did from there. But I will say the one thing I did like about it is we did go to one of the food markets with all the seafood. And they had some really good seafood that you could get. And I did enjoy that a lot. Yeah, that was very fun. The next city we visited was Kyoto, and that's known as being very traditional and cultural. I really liked Kyoto. I thought it was very pretty. Um, like you said, it had a lot of the traditional aspects like the town when you walked around. Um, I know they're famous for a very traditional looking Starbucks, for example. We didn't see that, but um, it definitely had a different feel to Tokyo and Osaka. I agree. I really like Kyoto and I did see and we actually did a bike tour through the very traditional area in Kyoto. So that was kind of fun seeing things that were less touristy. But I think what surprised me is it did have a modern side where our hotel was had this beautiful modern train station and it was just very different. So I, I didn't expect that. And I enjoyed having a mix of both traditional and modern. I also really enjoyed learning about the geisha girls um, who are traditional to that area and how there's not that many of them left. But if you do see them, they are typically in Kyoto. Our guide gave us lots of um, good information and it's always good to do some local tours. So the last town we visited was Kobe. And what did you think of Kobe? Because I'm not even sure we had an expectation or an impression other than they might have good meat there and we're going to try beef. <laughs> yeah, I, <did laughs> I know, not, that's funny. 
I did not have really any expectation at all. I know nothing about Kobe, but it actually was one of my favorite places. Um, I liked it. It felt a lot less touristy. It was definitely smaller, which I preferred. Um, I'm not a huge fan of large cities, so I was definitely more attracted to Kobe. Um, and the food was amazing as well. So I agree. I think Kobe is the one that surprised us most, and mainly because we really didn't have that many expectations. So it also so was you, our though. last city as well. So maybe we got the most adjusted. That could be true. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. So number three, the, the expectation was that navigating around is going to be somewhat difficult meaning the airports, the trains, the subways, and even walking. What can you say about that? So I think you expected it to be pretty difficult. I was pretty confident going in. I'm good with Apple Maps and navigating public transportation, but it was definitely harder than I expected, um, especially because not all the signs are in English, and it can be kind of hard even to follow the maps on your phone um, to navigate around. So that's just something to keep in mind. I'm not sure if I could have prepared any better for that, but give yourself extra time if you're traveling for a dinner reservation or a tour, for example. So my only comment on that was I was so grateful to have you because um, my advice is it is good to have a second person. Navigating with two people is much easier than I think solo travel in Japan. Just, just because of the language barrier and the complexity of the system, the travel and public transportation. Another thing I noticed um, is that we struggled a lot navigating, but we found that the people were very friendly and helpful, even though a lot of them didn't speak any English at all. But they were pulling out their phones and um, trying to use translate apps to help us point us in the right direction. Some people even took us all the way to where we were trying to go. Um, so that was kind of nice and surprising. And there's also um, employees that work in the trains as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was very helpful. One thing that I found um, kind of surprising about the navigation and made it very difficult is that people actually walk on different sides of the sidewalk or stand on different sides of the escalators, depending on the city. I was very confused. Oh, when I noticed that's right. That. It's all Japan, but some cities staying to the right, other cities you had to stay to the left wow. on the escalator. And so you just had to follow what other people were doing. So I do have a one last comment about navigation. We purchased the JR Rail Pass and Metro uh, and Metro Cards. So the JR Rail Pass um, is a tourist thing that you can buy ahead of time before going to Japan, and you can turn it in for a certain number of days, and we bought 21 days. This pass, at least for 21 days, is relatively expensive. It was about $450 a person. We did not get our, I'd say, money's worth, because if you added it up all the times we used it, it wouldn't have equaled $450. But I will say it made such a difference. I, I actually do recommend it because it made such a difference in not having to worry about what train we were on. Do we need to buy a ticket? Putting cash in these 
train kiosks. All this would have been just much more complicated. Also, you need a Metro card, and we bought IC cards and loaded some money on. So between the two rail pass and the Metro card, we could basically just go anywhere and one of them would work. And we didn't have to sit there and try to figure out what ticket to buy. And I thought that was very important and made a big difference. And one thing that was kind of funny, too, is because we were so bad at navigating, um, it was nice to have the <laughs> the um, was it the daily passes or the monthly passes? Um, even though it was more expensive, we went in and out multiple times, um, even with in like a five minute duration because we were so lost. So it was nice to not have to stress about walking in and wasting um, a swipe of the card or the pass. That's true. That's true. And now you're giving it all away. So don't feel bad. If, if you find navigation hard, everyone does. It's totally fine. I think it our expectation was it would be a little hard, and it was. But I think the longer you stayed in a place, you really got comfortable with it. I think moving around to four cities uh, did throw a little curveball towards us. But other than that, you, you pick it up pretty quick, even though it's intimidating. Okay, the next expectation was that Japan is very expensive and that you will need mostly cash. What did you find, Athena? So speaking towards um, more of like the activities and souvenirs, I think I found it much more affordable than I anticipated. Um, I think I just heard that it was an expensive place to visit. And um, I guess we had a really good US yen conversion rate at the time. Um, but one um, funny thing that I will remember forever is my $2 chicken parmesan dinner. <laughs> Although the quality was questionable, I just think that was so fun. We had <laughs> much more true. expensive meals as well, but that was, I think, my one of my favorite cheat meals. Well, I'm laughing because I, I agree. I thought food was a lot less expensive than I expected. And I will caveat that we did not go to very high-end places, but... You know, we did eat in many restaurants. We did try Kobe beef and Wagyu beef and, and the sushi restaurants. Um, many times we ate full dinners for under $20. Even if I got a glass of wine, we, we spent, um, much less than I anticipated. Even, um, and, and one, we found that they did take credit cards some places. Um, it, it was about 50 50. It, you did not need cash everywhere. Um, even the 7-Elevens, grocery stores, all those type places always took credit cards. I will make one comment on hotels. I expected them to be pretty expensive, and I, I was surprised by that as well. Even in the pre-planning, we stayed in uh, Tokyo, and that was the most expensive city, and we stayed for under $100 a night. And it was a very nice four-star or four-and-a-half-star hotel. And then we went to the other cities. We stayed in the same chain, which was called Royal Canvas. Most of those hotels were new. And um, they were about $50 a night. I mean, it was so reasonable that Athena and I actually got our own rooms so that we could have extra space and have some downtime. So, again, I think the expectation was that it was going to be very expensive. But reality was it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. So number five, our, our last expectation here was around the people. We assumed and what we understood was that they're very conservative, polite, mask wearing, and that they did speak some English. 
So, Athena, what was your actual experience? So, in terms of um, dressing conservatively, that was very true. We definitely stuck out a lot as Americans how we dress for 100-degree weather. So, we wore a lot of um, dresses and tank tops because it was so hot. However, they were fully covered in long pants and long sleeves, um, probably partially because of the sun, um, but a lot of their clothes didn't seem super lightweight, so I'm not sure. Um, that might just be how they dress a little bit more conservatively there. I also expected them to be very polite and helpful, and we definitely found this to be true. Like I mentioned, a lot of the locals went above and beyond to help us um, when asking for directions or just trying to communicate. So even when they didn't speak English, they really tried their best to help us out. However, I did notice um, it's very different in terms of hospitality, like at restaurants or at the hotels. Um, I don't think customer service in is the same in the U.S., obviously, as in Japan. So um, maybe lowering expectations a little bit. Not that anyone was rude or anything, but you definitely won't be waited on as you would in America. Agree. And for me, one of the big surprises was, honestly, I thought everyone would be wearing masks. And really, in reality, only about 20% of the people were wearing masks. So that was actually a pretty big shock to me. I actually ordered tons of N95 masks because I thought we'd be wearing them on the trains or buses, and we really didn't need to. So that was a big difference from what I actually thought. So now we've we've basically covered our five top expectations versus reality. I just have a few more questions, Athena, that I just want to ask you that will maybe give some uh, additional information to people. One is, what was one additional thing that surprised you or you wish you knew more about before traveling to Japan? Uh, the number one thing that surprised me when I got to Japan um, was the lack of poles, but the uh, popularity of onsens. And I think that's just because of my lack of research before going. Um, so when I arrived, I had um, bathing suits packed and whatnot, but I learned that these onsens, which we had them in, I think, most of our hotels. They were like medicinal spa baths. Um, however, you don't wear any clothes. So that totally shocked me, and I was very hesitant to try that. Um, but I just embraced it. It was part of the culture. I needed to relax, um, and it was really interesting. Yeah, I was really proud of you. You really <laughs> got into experiencing the Japanese culture, and and again, these the... Our expectation is that the, that the Japanese people are very conservative and shy and and did surprise us a little bit, but this is just a practice there, and it was cool that you embraced it. I really like that. One other thing. It was separated men and women. Oh, that's Two true. separate ones. So, I think that's something. So I'll pick a different one, and it's not as interesting as the one you picked, but I was, I think, surprised at the lack of diverse food. So I do know that um, in Japan, it's like 97% or something um, Japanese people in Japan. There's not, there's not a lot of different um, diverse 
uh, backgrounds. But what I still expected was a lot of different foods. And what we really found was primarily Italian food. That was the other food other than Japanese. They did have burgers. You would see a few other Asian type restaurants, whether it be a Thai place or a Korean restaurant. But mostly it was Japanese restaurants and um, some Italian food. And the Italian food was actually pretty good that we it had. Was. We had some good pizza. So, but I, I, I guess I just didn't expect um, Italian food to be such a strong second. So what did you not like or you would just pass on in Japan? I did not like that there were no trash cans. However, I did learn that this is a safety thing, um, so I do appreciate it. But as someone who drinks a lot of water and drinks a lot of coffee, I was literally carrying around my trash all day. You can even see um, in most pictures, I have an empty coffee, iced coffee cup. So um, that's just something that I you had mentioned before, but you don't really think about it until you have the trash on you. So that's just one thing to keep in mind. I probably should have just got better at drinking my coffee and then throwing it out at the coffee shops. Well, I'm going to mention one that that applies to both of us. I would pass on their undercooked eggs. And I oh. know in the U.S. we probably overcook them, but they were very, very runny. So I know so you thanks. passed on those as well. Yeah. I tried it, but it wasn't for me. <laughs> So I'm going to end this with asking you to name something that you really loved about Japan. Something I really loved about Japan was how safe it was and how clean it felt. Um, so we were able to walk around at night, always felt very safe. Um, and also it was just very pretty and clean. Like I mentioned, although there were no trash cans, um, miraculously, there were no there was no trash lying around on the ground. So I also really liked how um, we took our shoes off before entering a lot of places. That's something that um, just made it feel, feel a lot cleaner. And it was a cool part of the culture. So I'm going to have to say for me, it was certain thing, certain types of food. I absolutely love the shaved ice. It wasn't like a water ice. It wasn't like a snowball. It was this very light shaved ice. And it was always very large. Um, and I really enjoyed that, especially how hot it was. I also love the fruit, especially the white peaches, which is a specialty in the summer. And um, the other thing I liked, which again, these are all summer things, was the cold soba noodles. Mm -hmm. Very good. They would give you these noodles and a cold dipping sauce that you could dip and eat them. So even though I didn't like the hot weather, I love the food that they serve in hot weather, if that even makes sense. So yeah. was there anything else you loved? I'll give you one more before we move on. I know we had so many things we loved. So um, as you discussed, a lot of the destinations we went were cities, and I prefer more of the nature excursions we did. So that's something I really liked. I felt like there were a lot of options to do. Um, the Japanese gardens, the botanical gardens that we went to that had the gondolas that you could go up the mountain, um, the beautiful Nara mountains with the deer. I loved that so much. They had these deer that would just walk around and you could feed them and pet them. Um, and they were wild deer. I thought they would be like in some sort of fenced area, but I thought that was really cool. And 
Japan is known for Mount Fuji, although we didn't do that. Um, that's something I'd like to do in the future. I think you just you just led me into the last thing here. Would you return? And if so, what would you do differently, Athena? So for me, Japan was more of a bucket list destination going into it. Um, but I would say, yes, I would return. Um, and if I did return, I would try to do uh, Mount Fuji. That would be a very, very different trip. Um, we met some travelers that had just done it in August. And believe it or not, you can actually only climb it in August and July, I think they said, because it's so cold. So they had to pack snow clothes and do a whole lot of preparation for that trip. Um, and just in general, I would bring way less stuff and do a little bit more research. I think I overpacked and that made it a bit hard to navigate around. So for me, yes, I would return. There's very few places that I would not return. So yes, I would return to Japan. I would move around less, maybe not do four destinations. I would pick a few new places, like maybe add Okinawa. And I think I'd like to go in the autumn. Everyone talked about the beautiful leaves changing and how beautiful it was there. So I would pick autumn. Thanks so much for joining Athena and I on this episode of Travels with Alicia. I hope today's session was informative. Visiting Japan is definitely worth it, and I hope this helps you plan a trip soon. Stay tuned for more episodes where I cover each destination and some of the great day trips we took.